You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. It's Q&A, Q&A. You send me your problems and I make them go away. That's it. Uh, it is Alicia here. I am the host of the Bride Chiller Podcast, the podcast you're currently listening to, the founder, the creator, the whatever. Uh, this is a wedding planning Q&A episode, always popular. I think always popular because it's great to hear that other people are suffering too and other people have similar conundrums or that they're having conundrums that are far worse than your conundrums so you feel better and smug and I support that in every way possible. This is episode 394 of the Bride Chiller podcast. You can listen to the entire back catalogue, but don't get overwhelmed. I don't want you to get worried. There are a lot of episodes. doesn't mean you have to listen to them all, but if you want to listen to them all, I support you. Or pick and choose topics that suit you. Some people I know just listen to Q&A. Don't do that, though. There are lots of really informative interviews that I've done with lots of great wedding experts over the years who I think would be helpful in all situations. However, the back catalogue is available wherever you get your podcasts and I welcome you uh, listening to them. And speaking of that, thank you to everyone who has taken the time to leave a review, whether that is an iTunes review or Spotify review, or if you've purchased a bride chiller wedding planning guide or pack or oh shit kit from our website. Your reviews really help because we're an indie makeup Bride Chilla is just rich, my husband and I, and uh, you know, reviews help because you look at something, you go, oh, someone else liked it, I might buy it, or someone else liked it, I'll hit subscribe and download. There you go. Now, today's episode is Q&A, which means that you lovely Bride Chilla listeners from everywhere, all over the world, send me voice messages or sometimes emails asking for my opinion and feedback on a certain issue, topic, thought, and uh, I love receiving them. So, without further ado, adieu, 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 uh, let's hear the first voice message. Hi, Alicia. My name's Madeline, and I am a fellow Australian. I live in Victoria, um, and my question today is your opinion on Thursday weddings. So, my fiance and I did a short list of venues and I've been comparing prices and inclusions and fees and all of that stuff. And this particular venue, um, it just is stunning and we absolutely love it. And we visited it yesterday and fell in love with it even more. And when we got the dates back, they were completely booked out for spring 2020. So, uh, that kind of shattered us, but they did say that they do hold weddings on Thursdays as well. My concern with Thursday wedding is that people will come. They'll come, but I, I think that they will leave early. And I know that our day is about us. It is about what is best for my fiance and I, but I know that I personally would be shattered. I would be very upset I if people left early. I know I would be because I have really envisioned and have really big hopes of investing in some really cool entertainment for our day. And I just, I know that if people left early and half of the wedding guests were gone by 9, 9.30 because they couldn't take the two days off for holidays, 
I I know I'd be really upset. So I guess I'm 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 asking your advice. Have you been to a Thursday wedding? Do generally people take off the two days? Um, or should I keep looking around? I have definitely, I've got about seven venues that I have got a short list on, um, but none of them kind of come with the amount of things that this venue comes with. They don't have the same look and feel of this venue. And I just know that it's, it's our wedding day and we have envisioned where we want to get married and this place fits it like a glove. So really just wanting some advice, but also not wanting to have a wedding that everybody leaves early on. So thank you so much for your podcast as well. I have actually been listening for a couple of years now um, as a non-bride, bride chiller. Um, and it honestly has made my car rides home from work so much better and so much fun. And I just, I love weddings. I love hearing about weddings. I love talking about weddings. So the fact now that I get to plan a wedding is just so exciting and I couldn't do it without you and your podcast. Thanks you so much again and happy days. Bye. Well, Madeline, thank you, firstly, for being a long-time listener, first-time caller to the Bride Chiller podcast. So great that you are a commuter listener, lots of those. It's great to have you on board and be a Bride Chiller now, and you're getting into the thick of it and making all the exciting decisions, which are also overwhelming and annoying when it comes to venues not being available on the weekends when you want it, which is a really common problem, but also great that you are exploring different options. I am actually... I know this might be controversial and some people will be shitty about me saying it, but I think I really support you in booking a weekday wedding. I know they're not as convenient as a weekend wedding for guests. However, as a couple planning a wedding and also working with vendors, it can be a really good opportunity to score, as you've just noticed, a venue that you really like that's not available in peak season when you would want it. And also, it probably will give you more options with all of the other vendors that are connected to your wedding, like photographers and caterers, if they're not associated with the venue. And uh, I just think it can make things a little easier. Now, now, listen to me. Now, your question about people leaving early. My first solution would be to start everything a little bit earlier on the day, maybe uh, making the main event happen a couple of hours earlier. So if people are going to leave, and let's hope, as you said, they don't and they want to celebrate and maybe they have a bit of a sleep in on Friday and go into work later if they are not going to take that day off or if they just party on and fucking deal with it like we all have so many times. My God, how many hungover mornings I've had in the workplace, especially in my 20s. However, I think it would be sensible to look at your timeline on the day and just say, okay, how can we make things a little bit earlier so the party that we envisage with all this amazing entertainment, which sounds great, is not necessarily going into one or two o'clock in the morning and maybe your venue does have a cutoff, so that's also good to explore. And then seeing how you can make it work a little bit better for people that may, air quotes, decide to leave at a sensible time. From the sound of your voice, you are really into this venue. And I think if you feel that way and you were that excited about it, then I think the go button should be hit because it sounds like you found your place. So I think it's just about really being able to look at the day, plan the day in a way that works for you. Because as you said, this is your day and it's your day to celebrate and create this great party to be with your family and friends. But also 
don't be just thinking, oh, my God, they're going to leave the whole time. Because, I mean, what, 10% of people that are wanting to go home and go to bed at 10 o'clock, well, that's their problem. They're going to miss out on a fucking great party. It should not affect your day. And that's my attitude. Plan it for what you want. And with hope, you are surrounded by people that just dig the party atmosphere and will go with it and will celebrate with you. I think you know, a lot of people will do that. So please do what's good for you. Make these decisions and lock that venue in because it sounds freaking fabulous. Good on you. Hi, Alicia. Um, my name is Katrina and I live in Texas in the USA. Um, and I just want to first start off by saying that you are literally fucking amazing and everything that you do on this podcast and your, you know, your website and everything like that is just so great. And I I could just hearing all the stories of, you know, people talking on your podcast about how much you've helped them. I really think that you're making a big difference in this wedding industry and kind of taking things out of the norm that they've been set into. Katrina, just interrupting for my own ego. Thank you. That really means a lot. And I think sometimes as a business owner, it's really easy to get stuck into logistics and all the sort of, not boring, because I actually quite enjoy all of that stuff, but all of the ins and outs of running the business, which is what Bride Chiller has become now for us. And we both work our full-time jobs. And when you hear messages like that, you're like, actually, fuck yeah, this is great. We've got an amazing community. And it's really nice to hear that sort of feedback from listeners to say, yeah, you know, Bride Chiller has become something that hopefully is going to be helpful for a lot of people um, for a lot of days. All right, enough from me. Come on, let's go. Um, for me, my fiance, we are really untraditional. Um, we just don't really understand why you need to have, you know, bridesmaids or have garter tosses or the first dance with your father, like that stuff for certain brides, I can see, you know, being really special and being really great. But I just got done listening to one of your podcasts about traditions and like, girl, those, that's just weird. It's just weird. You know, all that stuff that they used to do back then, the reasoning for everything, you know, we don't have that need right now in the society we live in. We're so evolved from that time. And like, I don't, I don't want to put a guard on my leg. That's to hold up stockings. And your girl over here is not wearing stockings. And flower girl, I'm not trying to traumatize some little girl with, you know, wearing a big poofy dress and having to walk a straight line while people are looking at her. You know, I'm not trying to be like that. So we've just kind of gotten rid of all that stuff. So our wedding is pretty untraditional. But my question for you today, Alicia, is, um, so me and my fiance are getting married in February, but we're wanting to kind of elope right now I guess and go ahead and get married at the courthouse and just have some simple thing but our parents are like oh no Katrina please don't do that you're gonna ruin all your plans and wedding stuff oh yeah sorry for that voice um, <laughs> but I just I don't know we're ready to start our lives together and we just don't really feel the need to wait I mean we'll still have our big wedding that we planned out for February and everything but we're wanting to know your opinion on you know, eloping beforehand before the wedding and see what kind of your thoughts on that are. Thank you so much, Alicia. Well, thank you, Katrina. I love your thoughts on traditions. I too, as you've heard on my podcast numerous times, I'm a little confused by our need as a society. I know it's there's a lot of history and I know there's a lot of psychology and tradition, but just this idea that especially in weddings that we need to go back, need air quotes. Um, I've said air quotes twice in this podcast. Stop it, Alicia. Our need to keep doing this stuff when a lot of it has no impact on our daily lives. Some of it's quaint, some of it's nice, 
some of it, as you said, doesn't suit you and you are not doing it. And I respect that deeply. Again, people that are going to follow all the traditions, I also respect that. I just think don't blindly follow something if it doesn't make you happy and doesn't have any relevance to your life. So the answer to your question is about elopement. I actually think a different ceremony prior to a bigger wedding or just that ceremony minus a bigger wedding is is your choice to do. And it sounds like, as you said, you're ready to roll. You both want to do it. And what is stopping you? Okay, mum, with a funny little voice, is saying, no, don't do that. Why? is? Would you ask, this is my question, hypothetical here, you can't hear me, but let's just go for it. Would you want other people, such as family members, to be at this elopement? Or is it just for you and your partner? If it's just for you and your partner, and not to say being deceptive or not telling anyone, if you just need a couple of witnesses, grab some friends and go and do it and have that special thing just for you. And then say, yeah, mum, I'm going to do this later. And you will have the big wedding and you'll get what they expect uh, out of the wedding celebrations. So if you desire an elopement or going to a town hall or going to uh, you know, an office and having that and cementing a relationship, and lots of people do it, not just for the convenience of it. Also, I know so many of our US listeners say that with insurance and uh, a lot of legal reasons, getting mortgages, it helps to be married. And it's often out of that legal sort of paperwork need to go and have the elopement way prior to a actual traditional wedding celebration or um, event. So I think, Katrina, if your heart desires this elopement, it's not going to hurt anyone. It's going to be good for you. It's what you want. Then fucking do it. There you go. Weird whispering. Air quotes. Yay. Got time for one more before the break. Here we go. Hi, Alicia. My name is Mariah. Thank you so much for your podcast. I love it. You are bold and blunt, but so kind and really accepting of everyone. And I really appreciate that. And thank you so much for all the advice you give all the chillas out there. Um, my boyfriend and I are engaged to be engaged, which is um, a whole other experience that I never didn't know what was coming um, to have this anticipation. Um, and because we're engaged to be engaged, we've been talking about our wedding. And, um, uh, one thing we do know is that once we do become engaged, we want to be, we want to just run right into wedding planning because we would like to get married like three to four months after he proposes. Um, and so because I don't know when any of this is happening and I can't think about venues and I can't think about wedding dates, what I end up thinking about is seating arrangements. And that's what I would like to talk to you about today. Um, my boyfriend has two kids. Um, they are 11 and 14. And when I envision my wedding day, I envision having a wedding meal with my new husband, just us at a sweetheart table. And we can just be romantic and we can just be in our own world and have that sweet moment over the wedding meal together. We can canoodle all we want. Um, and I brought this up to my boyfriend and he was like, well, I think it would be nice if we ate dinner as a family, of course, meaning with his two kids. And that would be nice. It would be so beautiful. It would be sweet. It would be symbolic. But you know what? I don't want to talk about Pokemon over my wedding meal. I don't want to guess what dinosaur his son might be thinking about at that moment. Um, I just... I don't want to be concerned about um, reminding people to chew slowly um, or be careful of that water glass right there. 
or no, you can't get up and go play on an iPad somewhere. Um, I just want it to be us. We are discussing other ways in which to include the kids in the ceremony so that it is symbolic because I would essentially be joining their family of three. Um, however, for our wedding meal, I always envisioned just the two of us. So I'd really like your advice on this. Um, and really, where should children sit if they belong to the bride or the groom or whatever you got going on? All right. I appreciate it. Thanks. Mariah, I appreciate you, firstly. Secondly, I think this is your desire is to have the sweetheart table. And I totally agree. You can have the night off childcare, regardless of whose kids you are feeding. And they're going, to, as you said, you're going to be a step-mum, step-mom. And you made the good point about not wanting to necessarily do the Pokemon chat or make sure that someone's not, you know, eating correctly. You should be able to enjoy this night slash day and have a bit of a night off. And I think that goes for your fiance as well. So my suggestion to you is to keep talking it out. You've got some time, but really focus on who his kids, uh, I'm assuming there might be some grandparents, his parents might be there to say, you know what, it's really great that the kids are going to be there and be involved. And we're thinking about how to get them into the ceremony. And we, I'm really happy that we're being a family, but can we just be adults for this night and just really focus on our guests and just enjoying the moment? I don't think that's an unreasonable request. I don't think it makes you look like the wicked stepmother, not to suggest you would be, gosh, no, but also to say to him, hey, we both want to be able to be focused and it's hard with the kids around. They're only, you know, little and maybe we could just fob them off to the family for the night. And also, obviously, I'm not going to ignore them, but then just share that time together and be able to toast and cheers and and just have a, a proper meal without the kids. Also, if you are planning to get married in a short amount of time, and you've probably listened to this episode already, but can I suggest you uh, check out episode 318? There is a fabulous um, guest, Carly Kiker, who has been on the show a few times. She originally wrote a book called Hitched in a Hurry, and it's about planning a wedding in under six months. And she's fabulous. She came back. She started a website now called A Short Engagement. And you can buy her book via that website as well. But it's a really good episode just to see how you can get things done quickly. And also just if you are not wanting to spend a bunch of time with the wedding planning in general and just saying, look, I want to get it done. I want to smash it. Then I definitely suggest checking out that episode. Mariah, thank you also for your comments about being kind. I just think kindness is the heart of everything. If you want to get stuff done, even if you're fucking fuming and you're angry, if you can flip it and kill people with kindness, don't kill them, but just, you know, massage the situation and be able to turn around and, and not be reactive. I think kindness is the key to everything. Even if people are really shitting you to tears, as we'd say in Australia, sometimes if you can overly be nice, uh, it can solve problems. And I think that's probably one thing you could do with your partner without being manipulative, but just saying, babe, hun, sweetness, dull, whatever your boo, whatever your pet name might be. Let's just work on this together. I want us to both be happy, but I want to be happy and I want that table to myself. <laughs> More of Bride Chiller after these very short but important messages. 
Chillers, you may be familiar with Zola, our lovely long-term partners of the Bride Chiller podcast, as they are known as being a wedding registry company. They have over 9,000 five-star reviews from couples and guests who have happily and successfully used Zola for their wedding registry and many other things, which is what I'd like to share with you today. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites and the easiest wedding registry and affordable invitation suites. That's right, chillers. You can easily build your whole suite at Zola. They have got saved the dates. They've got invitations. They've got day of paper, programs, menus, thank you cards too. Don't forget the thank you cards. You can manage your head counts for free using their easy guest list manager tool. And you can also print your guest addresses for free on envelopes. Order your free sample pack today or get a single printed proof of any card and tie it all in with your free Zola website so everything matches and looks fabulous. Head to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash bride chiller and you can get 30% off your invites and paper order. That is a really cracking deal. Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com backslash bride chiller and get 30% off your invites and paper order. Head to Zola, poke around, see the benefits, start designing your own wedding website, create a registry and design all of your stationery and paper goods in one place. Zola.com slash bridechiller, 30% off. Yes, please. Chillers, I was shocked to find out how much of the jewellery industry and the pricing surrounding wedding bands and engagement rings especially is all markup. It's crazy. Sometimes it is up to 10 times the actual cost of the item, which is why our friends at Nowhere Me are doing things differently because they are removing the extra markup because they produce all of their jewellery and gorgeous items in-house. So that means that they can bring you the finest quality jewellery at a fraction of traditional retail prices. Noemi use sustainably sourced diamonds and gold. Their range is super stylish. I've got a gorgeous Noemi baguette ring and I love, love, love it and get so many comments about it. What is also fabulous is that Noemi ships internationally, which means that all of our international bride chillers can also purchase from Noemi. Noemi offer free overnight shipping within the US and and they offer international shipping for a small fee everywhere else. Buying quality, fine jewellery has never been easier and Noemi will even guarantee you will not find better quality jewellery at a lower price anywhere in the world. Head to hello Noemi, N-O-E-M-I-E dot com and be sure to use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today that is hello noemi using the promo code bridechiller and make sure you get your 75 dollars off any wedding band today by using the promo code bridechiller hi alicia this is gina calling from los angeles california we are planning an upcoming wedding october 12th of this year to take place in crete greece Um, We've been planning for about a year and a half now, and thanks to your podcast, we both have kept our chilla and put a lot of shit in the fuck it bucket. So with that, we're having about 25 guests, very intimate wedding, just immediate family and closest friends. Um, We're planning a big dinner 
focusing on food and beverage. That's our thing. And we just don't know what we want with speeches. So the guests will be the same rehearsal dinner and in attendance on the wedding day. So we need some guidance. How do we separate the speeches to take place on rehearsal dinner versus the day of? Um, timing, notice that we should give to each person, whether it should be between courses. I really don't care about tradition and neither does my fiance. So truly, it's just what you think flows best, how to really plan for these things or maybe not plan. Um, any guidance is appreciated. Happy days. We love your podcast. Thanks again. Hi, Gina from Los Angeles. I realize now that today, when I'm recording this Saturday, the 12th of October, is your wedding day. So this is not going to help you at all. What a shit bloke I am. However, I thought it was a really good question. You're in Crete. You're probably having a lovely time. You'd be married by the time this goes out on Monday. So not helpful to you, but I think... The whole idea of who does what, especially when it comes to reception versus rehearsal dinner and speeches is a really good question. So I'm keeping this in. I apologize deeply. I know you would have sorted this out on your own because you're a legend. As we know, rehearsal dinners are primarily a Northern American thing in Australia where I'm from and in the UK uh, and Europe. I'm not just going to name countries. Not necessarily a thing that we do. So the advantage I see of rehearsal dinners, there are disadvantages because you got to pay for them and it's another gathering you need to do prior to a wedding. Anyway, don't get me started. One of the advantages of rehearsal dinners is that you can extend the speeches to that night so you haven't got to have all the speeches during your wedding. It's a great way to get people up and doing their speech, saving some time on the wedding night or day, and then also allowing them to have a little bit more of a relaxed speech because I think the rehearsal dinners I've been to haven't been as formal. They're a bit more chatty. It's a bit fun. And also, if you want to allocate that time for people that feel they should be doing a speech, but you're not putting them in the main event, it's a really good time to just give them that moment, make them feel like they've contributed, and and uh, move them on. Granted, not all of the guests that are attending rehearsal dinners traditionally aren't at the wedding. So did that make sense? I mean that everyone that goes to the wedding doesn't always go to the rehearsal dinner. It depends how big this rehearsal dinner situation is. So also think about the allocation of who will be at the event. And often I have read and I've learned that if a certain parent or parent duo hosting the rehearsal, hosting is in maybe paying for it, they get a bit of a speech time. I think, as you said, you seem quite flexible with tradition and it's just nice to be able to be a bit more malleable if you've got an extra event to then say, hey, make a speech, let's happen, make it happen. There it is. Again, I hope your wedding is beautiful. I'm thinking of you. It's pissing down with rain today in London and I know in Crete. Um, hang on, just hold the line. I'm going to check the weather. One more second. Okay, I've Googled. It is 25 degrees and sunny today. It is going to be a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Oh, jelly. Just enjoy it. And thank you for your message. And I'm sorry I didn't get to it in time. I feel guilty, but I believe in you. Oh, I've got time for just one last question. Hi, Alicia. My name is Hannah. I live in Wisconsin. And I just have a couple of questions about related to family. Uh, the first one is of my our grandparents, for both my fiance and I. Only my two, my two grandmothers are still alive, and they both live out of state. One lives in Minnesota, the other lives in Iowa. 
neither is in very great health, and they both really struggle with traveling. So it seems unlikely at this point that either one of them is actually going to be able to travel here to Wisconsin for our wedding next September in 2020. And I feel like I've, while I know this is true, I've really kind of been struggling with knowing that they're not going to be there. I always assumed that they would be, uh, particularly my dad's mom, um, as my grandfather passed away 10 years ago. And I was pretty close connected with him. And I feel like having her there would, you know, help me feel like he's there too. And knowing that she's not going to be there just makes that even harder for me. So my question is wondering if you have any ideas about ways that I can honor my grandparents, both living and not at our wedding, particularly because they can't be there. My other question actually is also on my dad's side of the family. There's some pretty tense relationships on that side between my dad and his two brothers. Uh, the two brothers have had a massive falling out in the last couple years, and both have said that it might come to blows if they're ever in the same place again. I very much want to be chill about all of this, and, um, you know, it's... I just worry that if I invite the one brother and his family that I'm really not close with. I haven't talked with them or, you know, spent any time with them in so many years. I don't even know how long it's been. Um, that if they come, you know, it is going to create drama and potentially even physical fighting at its, at the worst. Um, but I also feel like if I don't invite them, that's creating drama in itself. I feel like it's going to break my grandmother's heart if, you know, the whole family isn't invited and they could choose to not come, but, I don't know if I even want to take that risk. So my question is wondering how you would suggest handling a situation like that in terms of invites. And if it did come to the wedding, you know, how do you, how do you handle that? Um, thank you so much for your podcast. I absolutely love it. It has been a huge help and I will keep listening. Thanks, Alicia. Bye. Okay, Hannah, I'm putting my detective hat on here. Now, in the first question, you talked about grandmas, and I think it's wonderful that you have your grandmas around and that you can still chat to them. And it's lovely that although, as you said, they're not in great health, which sucks, that they might not be able to make the wedding, but they can be there in spirit. And I don't know if you've talked to any family members about possibly Skyping them in or having some FaceTime. I know it's a bit techie for grandmas on their own, but just a way to then include them so they can at least see the ceremony. Had lots of bride chillers and groom chillers say that they've done that with family members who haven't been able to travel due to health or money. And it's just a nice way for them to actually be there and you can wave at the camera and they can wave back and that's quite sweet. Also acknowledging the beautifulness of your grandparents uh, alive and not alive in your wedding ceremony or just people that are really important to you is another nice way to do it. And being able to obviously share as much of the wedding planning and you know sending them an invitation even though they might not be able to be there physically and just figuring out ways that maybe you can go to them and, and have a bridal shower or some sort of event, that might be really nice as well. Now, getting back to my detective work, you mentioned that you've got all these family issues. 
I've got a real sense that you're not that close with the uncle that's maybe going to cause the problems. And you said it would break your grandmother's heart if he didn't come. Now, if grandma's not coming, sorry to be sounding a bit petty here, but if she's not physically there to see it and to get involved, yes, okay, she might hear about it and it might upset her, which again, not ideal. But really, it's about you and your comfort levels and how it's going to affect you on the day. And no one wants a parent and an uncle or a family member punching on on your wedding day. And if there's a chance that you can avoid it and by avoiding it, you don't invite this family member, then my gut reaction is just don't invite him and have a chat to grandma and just say, look, they have this ongoing issue and I don't trust the situation enough for it not to become a big thing on our wedding day and we just want peace, love and harmony and we want people there who want to be there for the right reasons, not to be instigating or poking the bear. And if that is how you feel truly and that's a decision that would make you happy, then I think you should make it and really be able to communicate with your parents and and extended family members as to why this is happening and hope that they respect your decision and act like adults. Just act like fucking adults. Why can't people do that more often? That is the great question that I'm going to leave this podcast, leave this lovely podcast community with is... Why, oh, why can people not behave like adults and not be selfish and not bring up their old shit from years ago into family events that are about celebrating love and, I don't, you know, I want to say new beginnings, but this idea of just having a good time, ugh, they are exhausting. People, this is why I don't leave the house that often. <laughs> hey, it's been really good fun um, talking with you at you, to you. And I love making this show. This is episode 394. If you like the show, if you've got a friend getting married, uh, then I beseech you to gift them a Bride Chiller pack, which is the two books that I have produced, the Survival Guide, Field Guide, and a lovely pack of pencils that are sassy and fun. Or even just say, hey, have you heard this podcast? It may help you not go insane during your wedding planning. Until next episode, I bid you all happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.